Welcome to the Love Bus Foundation. This is your host, Josie Meant to Be. We are here today with Kitten Kroy. <laughs> yes, Kroy. Well, welcome to the Love Quest. Thank you for having me here. Thank you. And uh, for the listeners, just give us your name, your occupation, what you do, your why. All right. So my name is Kitten Kuroi. I'm a singer, songwriter, performer here in Los Angeles. Uh, I also tour with artists. Uh, I tour with Elvis Costello right now. And I'm sure lots of the kids may not know who he is, but he is a legend. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You should Google him. Um, we just got last year a Grammy for our work together for his record, Look Now. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else would you like to know about me? Well, how did you get started um, singing, performing in Los Angeles of all places? Everybody goes there to make it. Um, right. I don't know if you're born and bred or you're a transplant like I was. Um, but just how that journey began, like, how'd you get to, how did you get to that level? Okay. So firstly, I am from Southern California. So I've only ever lived about two hours away from LA. So there's that. So that's kind of like cheat code right there. Cause I'm already here. <laughs> there's that. Uh, however, it's not built in, you know, just because you're here, you're going to be in the music biz and things will take off for you. Obviously you have to put in some work. Otherwise I would be a millionaire right now. Um, but my, my story, my path is not direct. And I think that's kind of what I've learned is that's been inspiring for some people because a lot of people think I have to take this step, then this step, then that step, then that step. And then I will, you know, I will be the singer of my dreams. I will have the career that I want. And it's usually not that way. Um, it usually is a combination of right place, right time, talent, skill, practicing, having a good personality uh, and being available for opportunities. So I did not go to school for music. In fact, I didn't know that there was a such thing as going to school for music. I just figured in order to be in entertainment and make money off of it, you must be one of the Jacksons, basically. Like you have to be part of music royalty. And then they're like, oh, now it's your turn. You're old enough. You can wear the crown kind of thing. Um, so I didn't know. But what I did do was I was in church choir. I was a youth choir director for a, a short while. You know, I did solos in choir when I was in high school. Uh, I started a group with a friend of mine. We would sing and stuff like that. And I was just creating opportunities for me to sing. Uh, when I went to college, I studied public relations. That was my major. And my minor was Japanese language and culture studies, which is none of that is music. However, <laughs> I would always do music related things. Um, for Japanese class, we would always go to a karaoke place and I would be the main one singing just in case. You never know who knows who, you never know. You know, and um, uh, let's see what else. I started a music organization, not a music organization, but I started an organization in college that was called FIRE, which was basically a program where we would bring artists on campus and they would have a dialogue with students. I, it was grant funded. So I would have students, staff, faculty, whoever wanted to come in the community to be a part of this. And 
there were events where the artists would speak and they would engage with the, the students and everything like that. And then they would have a, a space where they could perform. And I started getting to know people's pub, um, public relations folks, basically, their agents. And then I had, um, I had several, from there, I had several entertainment-based internships, like with MTV, with BET, VH1, with uh, a really high popular like public relations agency. And what I would do is I would sing happy birthday. So it's a whole office of people. And they're like, oh my gosh, she can sing. Let's call her in. So I would do my version of happy birthday and just give it to, you know, just, I know somebody here might know somebody. I'm about to sing this happy birthday song. And so what's interesting is it didn't really, I mean, people thought, wow, she has a great voice, but they weren't really in that kind of position to be like, let's connect her with P. Diddy or whatever, right? So um, I kind of stumbled upon my start when I sang happy birthday on one of my friend's voicemails. And she's a singer. And we went to high school together. I didn't think anything about it. I was just like, I mean, that's what I, I sing happy birthday. It's your birthday. This is what I do. So I left the message. She loved it. And then she hit me up not too long afterwards and said, hey, this artist named Natasha Bedingfield is looking for another singer. I'm going to be on the gig and I put your name in the hat. I know if you'd be interested. I was like, sure. I didn't know who that lady was. So I was like, sure, cool. I'm down, you know. Next thing you know, I'm sending, I'm creating a resume that I didn't know I needed to have. But I'm creating a resume and then I'm realizing, wow, I'm always singing and doing all these different things. So I've created this resume now. And then I had a friend who was trying to pitch a song to the Pussycat Dolls. And I was seeing all the different voices of the dolls on it. And I just sent that one song to her management. And I guess she liked my voice, they liked my voice. And so they said, can you come to Las Vegas? And I thought, sure, I can come to Las Vegas. You know, it's a drive, I'll drive down there. And that was like around the height of like American Idol too. So this is like 2007-ish. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to go to Vegas. Like, you know, you've got a golden ticket. You're going to go to Vegas. So I'm envisioning I'm going to stand in the line with all these other people to audition. That was the gig. It was the gig. There was no audition. I had the gig. When I got there, they put us up in Caesar's Palace. And I was just like, what is happening? And they gave me all the songs. So I knew them. You know, I practiced them in and out. I even knew her part. So I didn't even rehearse with them or practice with anybody. I didn't even meet Natasha until maybe 20 minutes before going on stage. And the event was for the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, which is like a big, huge expo that they used to have every year. I don't know when they'll have it next, but, and they show all the brand new electronics and gadgets. And we were helping to christen and unveil the John Lennon educational tour bus. So Yoko Ono was there. Will I Am was there. The media was there. I mean, my first gig was that. And I did not know. I thought I was going to stand in line and sing Fallen by Alicia Keys or something like everybody else. And that was my gig. And then I remember having such a great time. And there was, I think it was two days, two gigs. And then the last day I'm walking to my car, like this was really lovely. That's cool. I didn't think anything of it. I just thought I would love to do this again, but I just figured that was the end. And I remember her manager said, you know, we'll, uh, we'll be in touch. We'll, we'll, we'll be in touch. And I figured that was like, great job. Go home. That's the end of that. And uh, by the time I got home, they sent me a tour schedule for the next six months. And they were like, can you go with us? And I was like, 
Yes. And so that's pretty much how it started. I kind of tripped and fell into it. But the magic is that I was ready, even unbeknownst to myself, I was ready. I was practicing. I was studying what Natasha's music was. I was making sure I was just absolutely 100% ready. So even though I might not have been completely ready in my mind, I was just trained. I trained myself to be ready for that moment. And so I kind of, as I call it, I fell up kind of thing, you know, or you fall into something and you end up being on a, a different level than you expected. So that's, that's my journey. That's my story. That is exciting. And that is, that is one of a kind. I, I, I know some background singer stories that were not like that, but you know, people fake it till they make it, if you will. Uh, a friend who showed up at Katy Perry's audition got it, you know, um, mm -hmm. just being in the right place at the right time, like you said. Are you talking about Lauren? Did you, you know? Yes. Uh -huh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. LB. LB. Um, yes. Um, that's amazing. So you said, you said some things there. Um, okay being the youth choir director singing in church and not singing with anybody until 20 minutes and meeting people. So harmonizing and getting that note. Church choir is one of the best. 100% <laughs> yes. Practices, like choir. I make a joyful noise. I can't sing, but <laughs> I, I got that ear when I know somebody yeah. wants to do something. Like, oh, they want mm -hmm. to do something. They, they got that, mm, but they got that, yeah. or they got that. <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> I gotta do something so that just knowing how to harmonize with people like you said you prepared you prepared um if it was it was your friend that you were singing with yes person? but I didn't even I didn't even rehearse with her so, so how do you hit that note like how do you know how do you know that how key? do I know well part of it is just my ear and knowing like this is right and then having like piano like I have here with me a little this is a piano from the 90s that I've had since I was a child uh, <laughs> but you know that kind of thing having the ear um I think they I think they must have told me that I was doing either the lows or the middles and then all I did was I just I put things on repeat I put every single song on repeat and I learned the lows the middles the high so if I needed to move I knew where to go without someone saying, okay, no, 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 now you're doing this, you're doing that, you know. So that's kind of one way that I was being prepared, just knowing every single fabric, every single ad lib, just in case she needed that, you know, over preparing basically. Yeah, because it's, it's amazing because like, when you have the live experience and the person, the main person is singing, and then when you hear the song, like MP3 version, or, you know, the audio version of it, and they need that break. They need that breath. Um, yeah. And just being able to fully, because it sounds so much fuller. Like some people could do it by themselves and it's like, whatever. But mm -hmm. when you have that full, like, ensemble, you know, orchestrated together, it just makes right. it. Because sometimes, like, you hear stuff on the radio, you're like, well, that's cool. But auto tones, auto tunes be doing stuff. And then you listen to yes, it. Like, oh. You're like, oh, no, that's not, that's not what I expected. Yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes yeah. you get that, oh, yes, this is what I was waiting for, you know, my whole life. So. That's amazing. Whole <laughs> My whole life. <laughs> Since the day I was born. That note, that's what I need. That, that uh, one note. <laughs> yeah. But being on the stage, like, how does that feel for you? Like, when you're in that moment, in that experience, um, creating that experience for the audience, like, how does that, what does that feel like? I love it. There's some people that it's intimidating for them, but I love it. Like I'm the person that might be kind of reserved 
until I get on stage. Then you're like, what is who is this person? Like, I love being on stage. I love singing. I love dancing. I love throwing my hands in the air. I love the crowd interaction, you know, the audience interaction. I love uh, interaction with the artist. I like, you know, being in those tender spaces, if it's like a vulnerable kind of song and just giving him a, you know, a little bit of oozing all a little bit of push foundation or the times when he needs us to wail. You know, I just, I love that. I love the, the immediate satisfaction of everything that you do and being so physically, like mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically engaged in that moment, if that makes sense. Yes, because we can feel it, you know. We haven't felt it yeah. at all because of the pandemic, but we can feel it. I know. <laughs> but we're there. <laughs> we're there. We can feel it. So you, you did mention in the beginning that you recently won a Grammy um, with Elvis. How, let's get into the business of um, okay. background singing. Um, when it comes to like, you, you know, you're getting paid to do that, but then you're also getting into paperwork, you know, split sheets and how that goes and performing rights organization. Just walk us through that process for people right. who want to do that. Yeah. Okay. So when it comes to background singing, if you, if there's lots of different interesting levels. So basically when you're performing live, you're not really doing any split sheet things because you're just performing what's already been created. So you get paid for your work that you're doing, your labor as it were, basically. Um, you know, it's like you go to your job and you do your job and you get paid for your job. And there's no residuals for clocking in at Walmart. You came and you did your job, and then, you know, um, where the where the PROs come in, uh, like um, when you want to do that's when you want to do songwriting. Um, so, like if you're working with another artist or just by yourself, but if you're working with other people, you want to be able to protect your intellectual property. You're you're part of it anyway. So if you are writing a song with someone. You want to make sure that you have signed up with a PRO. So like ASCAP, CSAC, BMI, I think those are the big three here in the U.S. And what they do is after you've written the song, you register with them, you create your splits. So if you've got, if it's me and you, and we did a song together, it's going to be, we're going to fill out the form with your name and how much you contributed, you know, percentage wise. So for for the different, the different PROs, they have different kinds of percentages that they, how they calculate. Like for ASCAP, I think it needs to be 25-25. Um, so 50% is for writing and 50% is, let me look at it. Let me not tell you stories. Okay. 50% is for writing and the 50% is for publishing information. That person's publishing information. Um, so then it kind of breaks down. It's kind of confusing, but it'll break down. You get 25%, I get 25%. That equals 50%. Because the writing, the, the writing is like half is half of it is writing and the other half of it is like publishing. So it's, it's kind of confusing. It's easier to see on a like on a screen than for me to talk about it. But the bottom line is you want to make sure that you have created your own um, publishing and your own writing for yourself to protect yourself, to protect your uh, your property. So if you and I write a song together and I don't, I don't sign up, I don't 
register it with my name and you make money with that song, you're the only one that will make money with that song. I will, I will have to trust that you remember every quarter or every however period that she will give me the right percentage that I'm owed. And that's kind of hard. That's hard for you to have to maintain and remember. That's hard for me to keep tracking you down. So when you do sign up with the PRO, that money goes directly to you. And what they do is they track it um, everywhere, basically. So if it's in a video game, if it's on a jukebox, I'm sure people don't know what those are, but if it's on a jukebox, if it's if it's a, a song that someone is playing um, as a TikTok sound, if someone's doing it in their stories on Instagram, um, TV, film, or album, karaoke, all over the place, ringtone, PROs, they keep track of all that and they give you your money. They make sure you get your money for that basically. And it, it also gives you protection, like I said, so that if something crazy goes down, let's just say that both people, we're only using two right now. Let's just say you and I both worked on this song and now you are trying to push it out. Like if only you worked on it, I had nothing to do with it. You're releasing it with only your name, only your likeness, only your voice, completely kicking me out of that. Having a PRO gives me a leg to stand on to pursue you uh, in the process of pursuing you legally uh, for any damages if it comes down to that. So it's very important to do that. Um, another thing, at least with ASCAP, and I have no idea how things are going to be moving forward because we're in this mid-pandemic kind of world, but something that the PROs do have are resources to help you learn more about songwriting, uh, the process of songwriting, the process of of legally protecting yourself. They have events, they have expos, they have uh, special guest speakers, they have performances. Uh, some of them offer discounts on gear and equipment and that sort of thing. Um, and the events are great because you can network with other like-minded people. Um, so there's great benefit in that, especially if you want to get into songwriting. Um, when you're working with an artist and you're recording on that on a record with them, it can run the gamut. Sometimes they can do what's called a buyout where they pay you a flat fee upfront. You sing the song, you perform it, they record the song. And then if anything happens moving forward, you don't really get the, the credit on that um, unless that's been negotiated or something like that. Um, and then, like I said, uh, and then there's other artists where you can go into some sort of agreement where they say, okay, well, you did write on this part, so we'll cut you into it and you're going to get a certain percentage of whatever the song makes. So basically, PROs help you to protect yourself and to make money with your music. If you don't register your music with anybody, no one knows you made music. So no one can pay you. You aren't entitled to any money. In theory, in a perfect world, you could just say, I wrote this song and not have to do anything and money will fall from the heavens, but that's not how it works. <laughs> so hopefully that makes sense and I wasn't confusing everybody. No, it definitely makes sense. Um, just wanted to piggyback on the, the Grammy though. Um, if you, they added, they must've added you to some credits. I'm yes. not sure if you're a member and um, just how that whole process was for- the That Grammys. whole process. So, it was a pretty basic process. <laughs> I mean, I think it was kind of like I was asked 
myself and the other background singer, her name is Brianna Lee. She's awesome. Shout out to Brianna. Um, we were asked if we would like to come into the studio and cut some vocals um, on some tracks on this record, forthcoming record. Um, and so we talked to them and we basically said what it is that we would like. Like we said, you know, this is how much we would like to uh, be compensated if that's if that's where we're going. And also we would like to get credit on this because credits is important because if you are not credited, you cannot prove that you were on the record. So if the record does do like what our record did was win a Grammy, you don't, you can't, you have no rights to that. You can't say, well, I was on it. Look at this picture of me. I'm in the studio. Like that doesn't work. You have to be officially on the record. And then um, what is interesting that a lot of people don't know is when you win a Grammy, they don't just like hand it to you because you did such a great job. You have to actually go onto the Recording Academy website and say, hey, I would like to get my Grammy, my certificate or my or my statue or whatever. I would like to get that. Um, and then you have to show proof that you are actually registered on the song. And then after that, they'll say, oh, okay, you're who you say you are, here's your thing. And then you can be extra happy. But a lot of people feel like, because I think like even at the actual award show, when they give you the Grammy, that's just one that you hold for the show. And then you have to, they'll send you yours later after that. But it's very exciting either way. <laughs> yes. I didn't, I didn't, honestly, when I was asked to be on the record, I was just stoked about being on the record. I was like, oh, I'm gonna be on this. Like, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is great because we're gonna win a Grammy and I'm just gonna be level. I, I was just like, thank you for letting me be in this room. Like, I can ooh and all on you. I mean, I did more than ooh and all, but you know, I go ooh 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 ooh. Like, you know, on this, cool. And then we were on the road, and uh, we got some texts from people that were like, your album is nominated for a Grammy, and I was like, for real. And so even then I was like, I'm happy to be nominated because I will forever be a Grammy nominated, you know, person. And then I remember on the day of the Grammys, which it was bittersweet because that day is the same day that we lost our Kobe. Um, but I was getting texts from people. Like I had a friend that was at the Grammys like that day. I wasn't there. I was at home minding my business. And a friend texted me and he was like, hey, Grammy. And I thought, and I was about to text him and say, I know you're there, cool beans, bro. Like, yeah, thank you for letting me know. And then I started getting other texts. They were like, oh my God, girl, congratulations. And I was like, what, are, what is everybody talking about? I had to Google it because I wasn't even watching TV. Like I was literally minding my own business. I had to Google it and it's all that we won. I was like, this is wild. Like I, this is wild. So that's, that's my journey with the <laughs> that's amazing i've been on the grammy journey for a long time every year i'm like i'm gonna win i'm gonna win <laughs> go see the, the thing is just don't just be like hey i mean i my name is in the hat yeah. there we go just not that i'm gonna win that i want to win you know I, and i want hey. i want to write something worthy of my peers you know yeah rooting me it, on oh, so, it so. can most definitely happen when and it will happen when it happens you won't be paying attention You'll be like looking at some nonsense on TikTok when people text you. Tell you that it's happening. 
<laughs> Hopefully that's backstage. I'm like, what, me? Yeah, that's <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> that's so good. But the, but the the rewarding part of the Grammys is that you can be a member. Um, you can be a student member. Um, yes. You can be a professional um, associate. Um, so, yes. you know, I've been a member, me and um, Napoleon for a while, just in the renewal process right now. So it's definitely a good thing with the networking, just like the PROs. We're, we're with CSAC. Um, okay but just you know networking that that was really amazing when we were in Los Angeles we're now part of the New York chapter but um we, we met a lot of great friends and great collaborations um just yeah. for, just go just going to the events that you know they host you just never know who you're gonna meet like that's where I met Lauren, and we became like lifelong oh you know, sisters, that's so cool co-writers everything so um you just never know who you're gonna meet um, yeah when you just make yourself available and you know sign exactly up yes yeah, I think I a thing that I am learning again is just like don't think too hard. Don't obsess over what you want the outcome to be. Because when you do that, that's all you're focused on and you miss out on all these other beautiful other opportunities that could probably even lead you to where you're trying to go. You know, what your goal is. So if you want to win an award or if you want to you know, network with some people or, or hopefully work with some sort of artist, keep yourself open, like know kind of where you want to go, but also keep yourself open. Don't lock yourself into it, it has to be this way. Because if anything, you learn from this podcast that my life is random. It has been so random. And that's what life is, you know. So it doesn't mean that I'm, it doesn't mean that when these things happen that you're less worthy of them or like, oh, well, she wasn't even trying. So that means that, no, no, <laughs> you know, I put in the work, you know, but sometimes you got to sow the seed, you got to put the seed in there and then just let it do its thing and grow, you know. And, and you sing a mean, you sing a mean happy birthday song. <laughs> you said what? You said, if people get one thing from this podcast, I said, you sing a mean happy birthday. <laughs> I sing a mean happy birthday, everybody, children and adults. I got you for birthday, okay? <laughs> It'll change your life. <laughs> so as alumni here, um, songwriters, um, I listen to your song, Running Away. Um, we have a song coming out soon called Walking Out, and it reminded me of that, just that, I try to write anthems to everything, just like yeah. somebody to raise your face. Because when I'm going through things and I'm listening to like maybe Mary J. Blige, Kim Michelle, somebody that's like yeah. making you feel like, okay, I could get through yeah. this, I could go on, I could overcome. Like I'm trying to write stuff like that. And that's what that song sounded like to me. Um, what was the inspiration behind that? My life, my personal experience. Uh, when I was about 18, eight, between 18 and 20, I think 18 and 20, I was in an abusive relationship and it was obviously not awesome because it was abusive. Um, it was more emotionally, physically, spiritually abusive than physically abusive, but it did start to get physically abusive toward the end. And I remember being so upset so upset and wanting to run away, but not run away because I'm scared and to hide and, and to just kind of shield myself from the rest of the world, but just break free from the abuse, break free from that person to 
recognize myself in the mirror again, um, to be able to stand on my own two feet and feel my, my worth um, that this person was trying to basically chisel away from me kind of thing. And so I wrote that song years after I'd been out of that relationship. And uh, I wrote it with a, a friend of mine. He just kind of played the piano chord and it all just kind of came right away. And I was kind of taking myself into that space. And it, I think it took probably a few years for me to be able to listen to that song and not cry because it was so, so personal to me and my experience, you know, uh, there's that line in it that where I say, looking in the mirror, I can't see my face because loving you has made me fall from grace. And that was just a real, a real thing, the real thing that I was feeling, you know, then I would wear, I love the color black. I love wearing black in general, but I was wearing it to kind of disappear, you know, after a while, like I would only wear black. It was one person was teasing me about it. And it wasn't like I was wearing golf clothes. Like it wasn't like it was super cool. It was just black that's it like nothing special about it just all all black you know and so basically that's that's the the thing with 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 that it was it's more of like a liberation it's a liberation song versus I'm so sad I'm so upset that I'm still in this or that I was in this at all it was just kind of like I'm strong enough to break free of this I'm strong enough to run away and I'm just going to keep on running just keep on running that's amazing, yeah, because that's what I felt from it. And there were some lines in it, and I was like, oh, that was good. You know, was just, mm. there were just certain things you were saying, and I was just like, wow, that it just resonated. Um, because when you get to that point, you know, sometimes it takes up to seven times for people to leave, and leaving is the most dangerous time. So yeah. I'm never going to tell somebody to leave today if you're not ready and you're not right. um, you're not safe. Um, but yeah. it's, it's definitely, you know, encouraging when you hear somebody say, you know, I did that, I done that, look, look where I am now. And yeah. this is where I was. Um, and I just want to, you know, share my voice. Share my, and like, I was the same age as you. And I also became pregnant at that time with the person. So mm. I had layers upon layers. And then yeah. I was away at school, uh, isolated, you know, it was just like, it, it goes on and on. Um, but um, yeah, so definitely that was powerful. Enjoyed yeah. That no. thank you thank you yeah I'm glad that it resonates with people because you know when you write songs sometimes sometimes you're writing them for yourself sometimes you're writing them therapeutically other times you might be writing a song for somebody else's experience or you know I would like to write something about something I've never experienced but the ones that you write about yourself they're like your little babies you know that you're putting into the world and you're it's such an intimate thing. And so to share that and then have somebody resonate with that is very powerful. And it's also healing, especially in this case when it has to do with uh, abuse. Um, it's healing and it, and it just reminds you like, yes, did the right thing. Look where you are today, you're still alive. You're completely disconnected from that. Um, yeah, because my the, the ex that I had, he was stalking me and everything. Uh, he I finally thought that, that I had broken up with him at one point in time and he came and showed up at my house and it got physical. I didn't, he was much bigger than I. I didn't, I'm a little, like people can't see me obviously even if they see this video. I'm tiny, I'm five foot four, barely. I'm a little teeny person. And this guy was closer to six feet. 
a big football playing kind of guy. And um, I finally was able to, he was able to, he left because my roommate at the time called the police on him. So he ran. Um, and then at, in his hiding, he cut up his arms or cut up whatever and said that I did that to try to get the whole thing thrown out. And it did get thrown out, actually. I wanted to press charges. I wanted him to be under the jail. And um, that didn't happen. Um, and that was something that messed me up for a while. You know, I mean, I, I was able to move forward, but it, you know, it takes, it takes time. Like you have to give yourself some sort of grace when you're going through this and when you're healing from this and when you're distancing yourself more and more and more away from it, you know? And I think that's what's so beautiful about being a creative person, being a songwriter, being a musician, because like I said, it helps you to heal and it helps you also to put more space in between where you are now and where you were then. You know? Definitely, that's definitely key. Um, yeah, that's unfortunate that they threw the out based on the he say, she say, and he cut, he cut. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah people like, were like, well, I can't believe you did that to him. I was like, have you seen me? How could I do anything to this man? I don't know how to fight. Like, I don't, I didn't have any nails. I mean, it was just wild, you know. Definitely. Well, it's definitely, um, it's clearly received um, in your song. Where can the listeners find your song? On uh, SoundCloud. On SoundCloud. I have a SoundCloud account and you can listen to it on SoundCloud. I have not released it yet on um iTunes or Spotify or anything like that yet, but I will. Yes, but right now, SoundCloud. We will definitely look out for that. Um, in closing, like any advice for aspiring creatives um, yes. in this space, in this reimagined performance world? And are we going to see you on the road anytime soon? So, for the last question, I hope so. I don't know yet. We'll see. I want to be on the road, even if it's in the middle of the street. You might. <laughs> uh, so there's that. As far as in this new world, we're all trying to navigate and figure out what it means and what it looks like to be a musician, what it looks like to be a singer, songwriter in this new world. Um, I would say one thing is to uh, create as much as you can. If you have earphones that you can plug into your phone. There are apps that you can get that allow you to record your voice. Some of them multi-track recording uh, for inexpensive, especially if you have like an iPad or whatever, create, write, be, you know, just be creative. There's so many, there's so many avenues now available that did not exist when I started, you know, before it was like, if you need to record yourself, you better go to somebody's studio and they would have the whole sit up. If it was in their room, it was like the whole room was basically the studio, you know? Um, and then people would have to be like in a little closet in people's house. It'd be all hot in there and everything. And now they've got such wonderful microphones and, and stuff that are, that are not like super duper expensive that you can get. Uh, to record yourself anywhere you can record like I have not only do I have like I have like a laptop setup but 
I also have an iPad setup, and the iPad has great, um, great DAWs. If you guys know what that is, right? The DAWs, like basically, um, I'm sure people have heard of Logic Pro X and Pro Tools and that sort of thing, Cubase. So iPad can't run those bigger, those big ones, but they do have um, GarageBand, which is pretty good. And then they also have uh, another one that I use. It's called Cubasis, which is a smaller version of Cubase, but it is a full-fledged, full-fledged um, recording thing. So you can pull in plugins and all that kind of stuff, do effects on your voice, you know, all kinds of instruments. You can play different sorts of keyboards and drums and stuff that sounds very high-end and very realistic. There's an app called Korg Gadget that I also like, um, which kind of works seamlessly with, um, I forgot what it's called. It's one that a lot of people use, starts with an A. I can't remember. But anyway, Korg Gadget is a great app that has all kinds of Korg, uh, they call them modules, which are basically replications of different Korg keyboards. So all kinds of sounds and stuff like that. In fact, some people plug in their um, their MIDI keyboards and just perform with perform live with the sounds that are coming out of their iPad. So there's so many avenues uh, that people can take right now to stay creative, to stay in the mode, to uh, still feel like they're com contributing. There are so many different ways to self-publish. Uh, you can use TuneCore. You can use DistroKid where you upload your songs there and they place your songs into different stores. Like they'll place your songs onto iTunes, onto Spotify, onto TikTok, onto everything around the world. Um, so that those are some great resources. So you can kind of get out there. You can keep your momentum going. Uh, another point of advice I would like to say is also chill out. Like don't burn yourself out because you feel like I gotta get all this stuff done, you know, this pandemic, like chill out. I'm talking to you, I'm talking to me, chill out. Um, everything happens in its own timing, um, but you can be ready mentally. You can be ready energetically, you can be ready spiritually. You can do little bits of time where you're writing. Sometimes if I'm not writing a song, I will free write poems. So I'm still kind of in that, in that groove or, you know, if I am going for a walk or driving my car or something and a little melody comes up, I just record it on voice recorder. Even if I don't make a whole song with it, at least I have it down. I feel creative and I could always go back to it and maybe make a whole song. So hopefully I didn't talk too long. That's good. I feel like we need to have a part two of you sharing your screen going on these apps and creating something I need to oh see yeah this. i need to see this in action yeah maybe we could do that that sounds awesome that sounds amazing yeah that was that was very good information very useful um because i make a joyful noise i have to get people a reference for me like i can sing mm. it for them the way i want it to sound and then they take it right. to another level um so much i should just give voice lessons so i can just do it myself but they right can now. do all of the above. Yeah, but you know, it now. depends on what what it is you want. You know, you got to do. I just want to keep cranking lighting. out the writing and just keep going. But yeah. then I can't play nothing, an uh, instrument. 
I used to play clarinet in band. I I'm, see. Gonna, I'm gonna get another one just so I can just get back into that. But like, like I can, like I said, I can hear the melody. I can hear like how I want the production to sound and tell somebody to go make it and then sing somebody. Don't do that. <laughs> I mean, you please, create the please. recipe. <laughs> you create the recipe. Okay, you're the chef. And then you got the sous chefs in there. Just do what you told them to do. That's what it is. Yeah, then I got an in-house engineer who doesn't always want to engineer, but. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, you know, there's that. Awesome. <laughs> there you know, I say awesome. please and thank you, and then it happens, so. But see, you know what's awesome about, like, at least with the iPad, well, just in general, but you don't have to really be excellent at playing instruments right now these days. It's helpful. It's helpful to know theory. It's helpful to be, like, the most, like, oh, my gosh, I can play guitar like the craziest person in the world. Like, oh, I'm killing it. But there are so many, like, there's loops, a resource that I would like to share that some of y'all might know. It's called Splice splice.com s-p-l-i-c-e splice you can get loops you can get samples all kinds of stuff you can pay a membership i think it's like 9.99 and then if you happen to be working not from an ipad but you're working from a laptop and you there's certain plugins that you want you can do rent to own plugins you know so like let's just say you want to have the most top like all oh, i want to use nectar or isotope or ozone or any of those kind of things but i can't afford like 300 out the gate or whatever they have uh, inexpensive like rent to own little plans on that and um so yeah so you can use splice as far as the plugins that's for laptop stuff because the ipad at this point can't do that but as far as um downloading splice on your ipad you can totally do that and you can get samples and like galore so you can get stuff that's closer to what you have in your mind as well and then also GarageBand has little loops that you can use in fact one of the most popular songs that used the loop it was an apple loop is rihanna's umbrella that drum pattern is a free apple loop that came with GarageBand wow. and they made millions upon millions like that turn that kind of completely transformed rihanna's trajectory off of an apple loop i mean they use that. other things but i'm just saying that's good to know yes I, yeah i definitely need that share my screen show me, <laughs> how, to, show me how to be great session okay <laughs> this is how you be great don't do it live your life i believe in you <laughs> well thank you so much for uh, joining us today if you want to give out any of your social media so people can follow you to, um, yes track so, what you got going on yeah so you can follow me kitten kuroi k-i-t-t-e-n k-u-r-o-i no space and that is on everything I have a TikTok, but I haven't done anything on it. So if you want to follow me, that's great. But you'll just be looking at zero things. I'll be looking at you, though. Uh, I got, but yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Um, I think those, those are the main ones that I'm on that I can think of. But yeah, I'm all over the place. I'm on YouTube also. Um, I'm working on some music right now, so I haven't released anything in the past, I don't know, a couple of years maybe. 
But there's a lot of things that you can kind of be nosy and Google me and just find all kinds of random stuff. So I'm out there. Yes, and you're definitely using your voice. You always on my Instagram, I'm like, what's she saying today? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always saying something. Huh? I'm always talking about this. Talk, this is an essay about how much I don't know things. I want to know them, but I don't know them. Do you know them? Do we know them? How do we know these things? We should just be okay knowing that we don't know. Thank you. <laughs> my existential essays. <laughs> Well, be able to look out for part two. Well, my part two, I'm not, I might not share with everyone. But oh, anyway. okay. Her, her personal part two, she's going to be on lookout for herself. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today on this journey called The Love Quest. It's your host, Josemi to be with Kitten Kuroi. And check her song out. Check everything out. Kitten Kuroi everywhere. And everywhere. the Love Quest Foundation.org and Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. <laughs>